0: Bye. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Livin' La vote Voce. My name is Adam.
1: My name is Meg.
0: And this week we are talking about Yonkers. Yonkers. Which I think nicely segues us into the first point that is that for these, uh, for these last four episodes of this season...
1: As we've been reminding you.
0: As we've been reminding you, we've been partaking in the uh, local devil's lettuce. Mm-hmm. Instead um, of drinking. Instead of drinking. Yeah. Uh, so... so yeah, we're in New York at the moment, and that's sort of like where we're chilling and, and, and recording all of these. Mm-hmm. So, um, you yeah, know, I think that's a nice segue, because obviously Yonkers is just, just outside New York, just outside the Bronx. Is that not outside the state, outside of the city, New mm-hmm. York, right? Um, yeah. So anyway, um, do you want to do a bit of banter? Do you have a bit of banter for me?
1: Let me think. Well, by the time you listeners are hearing this, Adam will be back in the UK.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm
1: um and that's why we're kind of like pre-recording this just yeah. because we figured that for sound quality for editing ease everything it would just be easier for us to be doing this together and we've got,
0: we got to go away and, and think about what season two yeah to look like and we some... got to
1: spend time in each other's yeah. company exactly oh, i'm gonna miss you i'm gonna miss you, <laughs> you too <sighs> oh. anyway <laughs> sentimental bantering sentimental oh my gosh hang on we need to talk about the great chip debacle of 2021 Only because we've been snacking on these Kettle Brand potato chips, right? For the last, um, I would say, two hours.
0: Yeah, we love our Kettle Brand potato
1: chips. We love love our Kettle kettle Brand (laughs) potato chips. Which, incidentally, if you're busy, you can get on DoorDash. (laughs) Hey, DoorDash. Remember (laughs) us? Let's just do a DoorDash advertisement at random points. <laughs> um In every episode. Anyways, well, this is not going to be positive on Doordash's light. We didn't get these through Doordash, um, and, and we're not trying to dislike Kettle Brand or whatever. No, actually,
0: no. We're trying. To, we're trying to say that you know the service that we did get these. Yeah, was
1: evidently was through my human was clearly, picking. Was clearly, clearly substandard yeah. to Doordash. Exactly. Anyways, right now we're snacking on backyard barbecue, which is okay. Okay thing is kettle brand we uh went to a party not a party we went to an outdoors um uh, little gathering of a few people uh right before we left uh for new york uh where my friend had jalapeno and lime kettle brand potato chips and they yep. were the yummiest yep. best textured most delightful pop it in your mouth potato chips i've ever had so incidentally or rather consequently the moment we got to new york i was like i need to find some of these mm-hmm. and when we went to the local um the local walgreens i saw jalapeno chips and i thought okay well obviously it's not gonna have that lime flavor but it'll have the spicy like base pepper flavoring that i do enjoy out of the jalapeno and lime one sure i opened the bag okay at this point we are high too whoops but i open the bag i pop in a chip immediately I recognized the flavor not for jalapeno but for sour cream and onion Mm -hmm. it is distinctly sour cream and onion and then I made you try one what did you think
0: well i kind of agreed with you to begin with and then i like guzzled about five or six down well
1: no you no no you didn't do that you read reviews of kettle brand potato chips and then and and then based on that outside feedback you skewed your mind (laughs) to like, <laughs> you were you indoctrinated. To,
0: this is what happens when you spend too much time on Reddit. Your brain becomes you, mush.
1: You were like, Meg, you have to consecutively eat like 10 chips for you to taste the jalapeno. And I'm like, at that point, the chip has failed. You know what I mean? Like,
0: but you tried it and you do agree that a slight jalapeno flavor No, but through. it's...
1: It's like if you were eating the chip and someone was screaming the word jalapeno from like two blocks down. That's what the flavor It is the LaCroix. It is the LaCroix (laughs) of the Exactly. Exactly. It's not good. It's not good. When I eat jalapeno chips, I want that spice. I want that sourness. I want that pepperiness to be present immediately. I don't want like the faintest the faintest whisper of jalapeno anyways. Anyways, I'm so upset about that because now we still have half of those chips. <laughs> I don't want to eat them anymore, but like I also don't want to waste food, right? And they we, are potato we could, chips. We could
0: regift them.
1: No, they're literally they're literally <laughs> open and half eaten, right? Like Yeah,
0: I think I you know what I think happened. What? I think someone bought a bag of jalapeno Mm-hmm. Opened it, put sour cream under it, resealed it, and returned it to the shelf.
1: That well, that would literally be disgusting, and I don't want. I don't want to <laughs> think. Hard, I don't want to think about something that.
0: that. Something would, would happen. In that New makes York. me
1: sad. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of New York, that's enough banter, don't you think? For our penultimate episode. Oh yeah, and it's our penultimate episode of season one. No, yeah, no. we should. Yeah, let's let's add the banter and, on that.
0: With that we end our relationship. Why why? No, I'm, joke,
1: I'm joking. Anyways. Uh, anyway, yeah,
0: so um do you want to begin?
1: Yes, I do. Yonkers. Doesn't that sound like something Velma would say by the way?
0: Yeah, it's it's like a, it's like a hanna kind of barbera like line. Yeah.
1: It? Yabba dabba
0: yonkers.
1: So the name of my talk, the title of my talk is called Yonkers comma or rather 10 miles north colon the armor steiner house okay okay so yonkers for people who uh don't live in uh new york uh is a city in new york state in westchester county uh, that is close to Terrytown and Lyndhurst, which listeners, um, you might recall, is where the Westminster uh, Kennel Club dog show was hosted wow. this um, year because of the pandemic. No, it's not. But I just think that's a fun little connection. Don't you think? Yep. So it is the uh third most populous city in new york state after of course new york city and buffalo right i don't think that's a surprise um it's also known as the sixth borough uh due to its proximity to the other boroughs so for instance um obviously it's right above the bronx and it's um not too far from the northernmost point of manhattan right so there you go uh okay the name origin which i that was like my primary, you know, question, right? Because yeah. it's such a fun little name, yeah, uh, and it comes from a Dutch word. Okay. If you're not uh, unsurprising, since you know yeah, the I old agree. kind of New York families, the old like settlements well, here, are all Dutch, well, exactly. So, uh, a a uh, like gentleman, a landowner. Uh, or rather young gentleman or Esquire, right? Um, That was known as a Yonkier or a Mm Yonker with a J, right? At the beginning instead of a Y, right?
0: So you're telling me... Because, like, in German and Dutch, J is pronounced as a Y sound. Yonkers was the first bachelor island
1: no 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 so like basically um the guy who owned that piece of land and like managed it and stuff right forgot his name whatever doesn't really matter but like his nickname or people called him yonkir or yonker Uh, right because that means like gentleman or like esquire right um so basically uh that's where the name comes from and then eventually it took over as like beginning with y and then it was like yonkers right sure sure okay Notable people who um, are from or who have lived in Yonkers, yeah. okay? Mary J. Blige.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, she was actually born in the Bronx, um, and she spent her uh, childhood in Georgia, um, but then ended up moving to a, um, the housing projects in Yonkers when sure. uh, she was pretty young still, I think. Um, Stephen Tyler from Aerosmith, mm, which sure. I think is a good connection to, uh, to your talk last week. Sure, about yeah. vanadoo right yeah. the rock bands um he lived in the bronx i think he was born in manhattan lived in the bronx and then uh went to high school in yonkers sure and drive there Damn. it's not a hard drive as, yeah, as yeah. we've been to yonkers right
0: mm, no no it's absolutely yeah
1: okay um let's see but what i want to talk about is not necessarily yonkers itself or the people who, uh, you know, have famously resided there, uh, but rather a really, really unique piece of architecture. The photo of which I will post um, on our Facebook page and Twitter page. Uh, about a 20-minute drive north of Yonkers, mm-hmm. so it's not technically Yonkers, but you know, like you're, you're if you're squeezing from- <laughs> further away
0: from the point.
1: <laughs> Every day we are drifting further away from the light of God.
0: Fucking ingrown hair getting deeper.
1: Oh well, I, I, let's just say that if you live in the Bronx or Yonkers, you can you can get to this house uh, pretty easy if you have a car. Okay. American infrastructure and urban planning sucks. <laughs> Anyways, so in uh, a small village called Irvington, New York, Irvington mm. on Hudson, uh, is the Arbor Steiner House. Okay. Mm. Um, It is the world's only fully domed octagonal residence. Okay. So my talk will actually largely center around um, octagon houses. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. So um, uh, this house was uh, kind of built in the 1850s, uh, 1858, kind of 57, 58 specifically, uh, by financier uh paul j armor right very uh big new york businessman at the time okay Mm -hmm. um and then uh it was a much simpler home then uh and then the construction and maintenance restoration everything was taken over in 1872 by a prominent new york tea merchant uh by the name of joseph steiner who's actually like hungarian or something and he got super rich and uh, Seiner was the one that added the dome and the veranda. Mm. Uh, in the 1930s, a uh, Finnish writer uh, who lived with a female pirate who plundered the ships off the coast of China, Aleko Lilius, also lived there. He took over control afterwards. <laughs> Which is pretty cool. What? Uh-huh. And then 1940 to 1976 was a uh, an author, poet, and historian, Carl Carmer, who actually uh, wrote down uh, and kind of consolidated his experiences with the resident ghosts that lived there. Okay. Okay. 76 uh, and after, it was taken over by the National Trust uh, for House Preservation. Um because they couldn't kind of find another Mm. owner. Uh, But immediately after 1978, uh, it was uh, given once again to private hands. Uh, Architect uh, and preservation historian, uh, Joseph Pell Lombardi um, and his family, they have taken over control of the house Mm. and remain the um, present day owners uh, and actually give tours and have actually restored the house completely uh, to its mid 19th century um, sort of appearance and materials mm. and layout everything oh. and you actually have a kind of direct experience uh, or not experience but like a connection to house restoration sure yeah mm-hmm. sure because okay, yeah, of your yeah. father right yeah. so i thought like you know that's why this, this like, a fun one yeah a fun that's why one. i thought like that's this really awesome. case would be like really really mm. interesting
0: Okay, that's awesome. Are we getting towards the end of your talk? That-
1: no, I just thought you would okay. share, I thought you would share a little about oh. your father's, like what he does and like everything yeah, like that because no. it's so cool.
0: I mean, yeah, no, like it's one of the things that like he sort of specializes in because particularly with where I live, right? Like there's a lot of like, with it being one of the home counties as well, like there's a lot of buildings that go all the way back to the medieval period, right? So there's you know, there's a lot of work around like being able to match like what what uh what like a you know fourteenth century, fifteenth century, sixteenth century house would have been built out of, right? Um and that's obviously particularly interesting because obviously, you know, in the UK we have such strict laws and regulations regarding like, you know, you can't you know, if something's been listed as a listed building, you can't restore it with material other than, you know, what the material was originally made out of, stuff like that, right? So it's it's very it's very strict in the UK on, on what you what and how you can restore stuff um so no it's really cool that they restored that
1: and your dad has actually done some pretty cool yeah. restoration projects
0: yeah 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 well this is really turned into an interview i feel like no I'm it's not an interview i just thought like a, i just thought you'd share
1: sh- some of this just because you have such a cool immediate connection to this yeah
0: topic. sure i mean um yeah so obviously one of the oldest houses in england was is in bramshaw near where we live and we've done restoration work there and um then there's also um, Green Farm which was um, one of David Lloyd George's old houses or one of his houses I, I want to say it was during the time he was an MP but it might not have been it, you know I can't I can't tell you off the top of my head but I do know that he definitely owned the, the like house there and that was that was what was restored there yeah.
1: Yeah no I, I just think that's so cool and obviously um, this house is from the 1850s right so um, yeah. in terms of you know like in terms of difficulty i would say you can't compete like it pales in comparison to something like renaissance or medieval or something mainly what, because there what, were pictures of the original houses right like there were actually photographs though,
0: only in as much as that you got to bear in mind this house was built in the 1800s obviously but it was built in a style Drawn from about the 1650s, so you know, yeah. like, like the thing is, with Victorian era building is although it's not a living memory thing, it's an immediate memory thing, right? Like, there's, a, it's only been a couple of generations since we we're using those building techniques, but if you add on a couple of generations that were. Prior to the building technique of the generation that you're trying to copy, that was two generations. It's like four, or five generations of builders that have gone by by the time you need to replicate that.
1: Anyways, well, basically, um like your dad, Lombardi also does a restoration. Yeah. How? Well, your dad does. I think he doesn't primarily do restoration projects, right?
0: No, I mean, you know, it, it's one of the things that sort of we do in the area but it's not something that like i think he's strictly beholden yeah to, you know?
1: well lombardi has restored over a thousand houses That's in crazy. about 50 years That's which crazy. is crazy yeah like his life project and his career is to do like historical preservation projects
0: right there because it's now time to talk about Lombardy. The drink, which no stops, stop. which you
1: can get. You on get DoorDash. On DoorDash, that's D O O R D A S H. Check out uh, and enter our uh, code, uh, LivingViva.
0: <laughs> and if you if you're feeling hungry at any point, you know, like I'm feeling hungry, I'm gonna just order a burger right now. Watch the talk. Yeah,
1: you here. can just do whatever. Just do yeah, yeah, and someone exactly. will uh, gladly hand it over to you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Anyways, um, the house. Uh, like I said, is the um, only fully domed octagonal house in the world. Um, It replicates Donato Bramante's um, 1502 Tempietto in Rome temple and is that uh, uh, Roman structure or rather like Italian structure is inspired by um, like ancient Greek uh, like temple designs or it's a tholos that's a type of temple I think right okay but the in the 1850s specifically that like decade uh in kind of uh New England the Midwest United States and then southern Ontario kind of southern Canada there was this boom this huge craze for octagonal houses Wow. Which is so strange. And um, all of that came from one book called The Octagon House, A Home for All or A New Cheap, Convenient and Superior Mode of Building by Orson Squire Fowler. Uh, who was a phrenologist do you know what a phrenologist is
0: the ones that measure them yeah he like touches the the head and
1: like the different features of the face and And he can kind of tell you if you're a criminal or not yeah (laughs) Yeah.
0: you are going to murder your family when you're 24 basically if you had an inch wider brain uh, uh, like brain then you would actually be a priest
1: So he was also uh, one of the earliest uh, proponents of vegetarianism, uh, kind of in like North America and stuff like that.
0: Oh shoot, this is one of our dudes.
1: And he was also a weird sexologist. Oh. Yeah. He's just kind of a like weird figure, right? One
0: one in one out. One in one. Yeah.
1: Well, anyways, his book, uh, The Octagon House, was uh, published in uh, 1848. Um, and it led to, I think the rise of about like a thousand, two thousand, um, octagon houses kind of in, in this area, uh, which is super impressive. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and now they've lost the original one. They've lost all of them. They're not sure which one's which.
1: Okay. So the classic kind of Squire Fowler octagon house, um, Typically, of course, it's an eight-sided building. Uh, it has a veranda and it has a flat roof, which is why, you know, this, yeah. this one in uh, Yonkers. near Yonkers uh, yep. is so interesting. Uh, and uh, the author of this book basically listed the advantages of an octagon plan, uh, namely that it was cheaper to build, allowed for additional living space, and received more natural light. And apparently that's because compared to a square, an octagon actually encloses 20% more space uh, than a like square house uh, for the same uh, perimeter, right? So, you know, kind of a more uh, effective build. And in short, that is because, you know, a circle is the most efficient shape, but when you're building things, it's a very difficult shape, right, to to actually achieve. So an octagon is kind of this uh, closer, but not quite. Um, Definitely closer than a square or a rectangle, I think anyone would agree. Mm. Mm. Uh, Okay, so in Ontario, uh, I do wanna bring that up because there's actually a number of octagon houses close to where I live within about a 30 minute drive. In, um, in Richmond Hill in yeah. Aurora uh, in King County, which is another um, area of York region. So there's actually a huge number of them Crazy. and they actually are dead houses. Do you know what dead houses are? You actually might know that because um, they uh, are probably a thing of older England as well.
0: Dead houses. Um, definitely
1: I'll around here. Definitely around I'll like North America
0: they are houses that belong to families whose bloodlines have now died no okay what are they
1: so they're actually uh storage spaces that temporarily store dead bodies as as um people kind of prepare like funerary services or like actual like digging of graves repairing cast so like obviously in the in north america and like this part of you know like the world um you know back when these communities settler communities were first kind of arising right yeah. uh, like either it would take a like a horse and care it would take a long time to transport bodies to like churches to like sure. places whatever or um, with really difficult winters they wouldn't just be able to like dig yeah, into yeah. the ground sure, sure. right and bury bodies and so mm-hmm. these bodies would be actually stored temporarily in another house sure. um, and there were a number of them and three of them actually remain in York region that were octagon shaped because they came out of the 1850s. Well, and they
0: still do dead
1: house, No, they right? no longer oh. do. No. So like, do they
0: have people living in them again?
1: No, they're very small, right? Um, they're, you know, they 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 don't store a lot of stuff. I space. just
0: looked at the picture of the one that you've talked about, and it's pretty big. It's
1: insane. It's actually Dude. insane. I have some it's of like the dimensions and up, like God. descriptions and stuff like that. But like, um, typical octagon housing isn't isn't particularly uh, big, and yet compared to, of course, a square one of of okay. that perimeter.
0: I looked at it. I was going to say it's we incredible. Should build, we should build one. of these. It's, it's, absolutely it's absolutely incredible. It's
1: absolutely incredible but yeah like they're they're really interesting um and also if you go from my mom's workplace back home do you remember that drive we did um sure yeah from from like from like finch back to my house in markham you actually pass by an octagon house that is now a snake a steakhouse and it's been a steakhouse for about uh i would say 80 years which is pretty impressive okay um okay (laughs) so that's a little digression on octagon houses um in general um so the armor steiner house uh contains um the only apparently the only domestic egyptian revival room still in existence um with its original 19th century finishings and decorations um as well as a music room you've seen it's like very pink Mm -hmm. right it's like uniquely pink um kind of uh kind of interested tourists and you know whatever leisure magazines architecture magazines have described it as like very whimsical yeah yeah, right very like idiosyncratic um the dome itself is like very magnificent um and it actually houses this loft that is called the dance room and it has this giant stair a spiral staircase that leads into an observatory um It kind of almost looks like a Fabergé egg, the whole thing. It's like, it's so, it's so like kooky and eccentric.
0: But it'd be so hard to furnish.
1: Crazy hard to furnish. Uh, And then it also has a greenhouse, an artist studio, a carriage house, a very like strange labyrinthine garden. um, And it's built along the Hudson. Mm. So so actually one of um, Squire Fowler's kind of, Um, other details of the octagon house is that not only does the house have to be very like efficient and draw in a lot of light, it also needs to be near water has to be in kind of this like forest. If you're familiar with writers like um, Ralph, Waldo Emerson, mm. uh, Henry David Thoreau, is part of this transcendentalist kind of movement of the 1850s sure. uh, to really encourage people to like get into nature, kind of be one with nature, be one with the world, kind of yeah. like American kind of philosophy. Um, today, the Armour Steiner House, um, like I said, owned by the Lombardi family. Um, in 2017, Lombardi actually begins to offer the house for rent. And, uh, uh, at forty thousand american dollars a month
0: okay you, you know what it's not actually bad in the grand scheme of things in terms of no okay so that's, i know you're thinking what are you talking about that's, that's a that's like crazy high rent right but you know like i've i know houses in our area that like rent for literally like ten thousand pounds which you know is like $13,000, $14,000. Now, I know this is like four times as much, right? But you've got to appreciate it's probably four times as much house, plus it's an iconic piece of New York real estate. It's right? so
1: weird.
0: So, and you know, but it, if you're into that, you're into that, right? I don't think, I love architecture. You know, I love architecture. I find architecture absolutely fascinating. I find it an, a fascinating blending of you know art and engineering, right? But I don't think even if I was, like, a multi-millionaire, which, I mean, whatever, right? But, like, I don't know as I'd want to spend 40 grand, even if I could. Yeah. I
1: yeah. mean, it's only available for short-term rentals and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, because, actually, the Lombardi family still lives there for oh. the most part. As in, like, I'm sure they have other housing, but that's actually one of their primary homes. Mm-hmm. So, like uh joseph lombardi is it
0: though or is that just a capital yeah right whatever whatever they're they're all my primary homes they're all
1: my primary homes okay but joseph lombardi actually um his current like grandkids kind of live there and maintain the stuff Mm. um but actually his son actually lived he spent his entire childhood there actually like recalls like riding his bike and like doing just being a kid in that house and described it as like crazy just like weird right yeah um, okay, so the current square footage. <laughs> now I'm doing a real estate listing. Um, is eight thousand four hundred square feet, huge, right? Oh. Absolutely gigantic. Um, that's the that's the like unit itself, um, and then seven bedrooms, three bathrooms. This is this actually very interesting um, kind of design feature of a lot of octagon housing is that they have a lot of bedrooms. Mm -hmm. right because it's a very like circular design for the most part and then they have very few bathrooms so like there was this one octagon house that i looked at that had like freaking like four or five bedrooms and one bathroom Nope. which is cool (laughs) which means that like that house could probably house around uh that's
0: some Putin. seven eight people
1: sharing one bathroom yeah uh, but but like if you can kind of imagine the way that like a bathroom would be set up kind of around the center or something like it, it would kind of be designed with like a very the utilitarian thing, kind of
0: the thing is unless you can design the house such that you have eight units with eight bathrooms yeah all of a sudden you're if you don't have an even match of bathrooms to bedrooms you're then having to centrally locate the bathrooms, you do have to be shared between more than one bedroom, right? And that all of a sudden means you have to push your bathrooms into the center and you can't then actually put as many bedrooms. You put like a load of bedrooms around the edge, but you have limited space inside, right? So it's actually a fundamental design floor of the octagonal house.
1: Well, there you go. Um, It has two kitchens, a pantry, a billiard room, a wine cellar, plus all of the other features I listed. It has, I think, four levels, it has um, a main floor, a second floor, a third floor. I think the dance room and then the observatory. That's crazy. It's cra- It's huge. It's like, like it. It. It's gigantic. It's like almost looks like a church, like this kind of very oh, yeah, big, yeah, like yeah. dome-like structure. Yeah,
0: it's like a. It's like a kind of like. It's almost pagoda-ish, but not right. Yeah,
1: um, and of course, besides like renting it, uh, you can also like shoot commercials there. You can shoot film, of course, Talking right? Talking like, about commercials. No. <laughs> stop stop anyways um I, it's like something like out of a wes anderson film i'm surprised he hasn't like gotten there to shoot yeah although like like i said because Maybe, the family uh, lives there that you know it can be quite finicky um anyways uh oh and it was featured in across the universe you know that uh beatles movie anyways listeners will know it's a it's a movie that was you know from 2007. It was in the I am the walrus scene. It was kind of like hooky kooky. And like, of course, this house matches that kind of aesthetic. I'm pretty much done my talk. Uh, Like, I just wanted to share this really cool, like, Victorian style housing. I think it reflects, like, American philosophy from the mid-19th century really well. I think I'll post a bunch of pictures because I think you need to see the visuals. Mm -hmm. I think... um, it is a very, very unique, grand, magnificent uh, thing to maybe possibly see in person, uh, especially if you are in the Bronx, uh, Bronxville, and Yonkers area.
0: And with that, I'm going to award you a PhD in geometric architecture from the chicago new university new (laughs) can
1: you i'm i'm awarding you degrees from legit universities and you are literally spouting off nonsense thank
0: you i think you'll find that in america any university name that i come out with is probably a university somewhere and i i challenge you to look up the chicago new university now
1: Anyways, let me give you our final topic.
0: You got to you got to usher in the show and I now get to... Yes, that I is the
1: beauty to, of even numbers. I got to
0: stick the stake through the heart of exactly, it.
1: Exactly, and kill our darlings. Uh, your word Z, right, or Z as, as the two of us say, um, is going to be zipline.
0: Zipline. Like zipline like yeah okay okay i'm done i'm done
1: there you go uh and that concludes our uh episode if you enjoyed this episode listeners if you enjoyed our uh, previous episodes uh please go on and listen to more check us out uh, at our social media sites especially for this episode and the previous one yep. we'll have a lot of like audio visual um yep. tid- uh, you know tidbits as well it
0: should all be in the description mm-hmm um and, uh so yeah.
1: twitter at live in viva L-I-V-I-N-B-I-B-A, facebook uh live and love you voce
0: and obviously you know don't forget to smash that subscribe button that like button whatever it is on your podcast service whether you're on google Podcasts, podcast podcast spotify whatever you're on you know just don't forget to hit that subscribe button so that we know you're out there we know you're loving it and you know more than that you get notified when we drop new stuff right yeah. um anyway um so my word for next week is zipline and, and without any further ado I've been Adam.
1: I've been Meg.
0: Bye-bye. Good night.